Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. And the last week has seen Greece take important steps in exercising its rights in its maritime space south and southwest of Crete. First, Athens and Cairo signed a deal on search and rescue missions across the Mediterranean, a move that follows up on their 2020 deal to delimit their exclusive economic zones. A move that follows up on their 2020 deal to delimit their exclusive economic zones, which strikes at the heart of Turkey's Blue Homeland Doctrine. Second, Greece is expanding the area of seismic surveys for oil and gas in this area, a project underway with the U.S. firm ExxonMobil. Expert Konstantinos Filis, the director of the Institute of Global Affairs and an associate professor of international relations at the American College of Greece, joins me to break down the significance of these moves for Greece and look at the messages they send. Kostadine, welcome back on The Greek Current. Great to be here. Kostadine, Egypt and Greece signed two bilateral deals last week, including a pact to improve cooperation in migrant search and rescue missions across the Mediterranean. Why is this move significant, especially when we look at the role Greece is trying to play in the Eastern Mediterranean? This agreement has to do with um, administration and coordination and doesn't bear on the corresponding delimitation of the exclusive economic zone and ipso facto uh, continental self. It is important, however, uh, because it's located on the borders of the Greek FIR that Egypt recognizes uh, Greece's uh, jurisdiction in the area in question. And we should clarify that the search and rescue area is unrelated to sovereign rights and sovereignty and does not necessarily coincide or uh, has an impact on the exclusive economic zone and continental self. Still, its important impact is on the one hand that it is compatible with the provisions of the IMO and the ICAO for search and rescue, and also with the Hamburg rules, which provide for interstate agreements between countries, like the ones we have already concluded with Malta and Italy. And on the other hand, it enables us to work with Egypt to develop monitoring and communications infrastructure and operation capabilities for better control of the maritime space and better and faster reactions to vital search and rescue issues. This deal, by default, seems to be an extension of the exclusive economic zone agreement Greece and Egypt reached in 2020, which effectively nullified Turkey's illegal memorandum of understanding on maritime boundaries with the Tripoli-based government in Libya. What does this new pact mean when we look at Turkey's Blue Homeland Doctrine, for example? Let's start by saying that the 1979 Convention on Search and Rescue sets down that the boundaries of responsibility shall be determined and agreed by bordering states. So the Athens-Cairo agreement covers those search and rescue areas defined unilaterally by Turkey in October 2021, if I'm correct. And that concerned the Blue Homeland and the Turkish continental self, delimited in the Turkey-Libya agreement and claimed unilaterally by Turkey in the Mediterranean. For obvious reasons, there is a patch on the Turkish map. So this illegal and unilateral SAR delimitation by Turkey is disputed by our agreement with Egypt. So without a doubt, our stance on this issue is strengthened against the illegal Turkish stance, which via domestic law arbitrarily extended the search and rescue region far beyond the area of responsibility assigned by ICAO and the IMO, making it identical to what Turkey calls the Blue Homeland. These moves, Kosadine, come after a series of diplomatic investments by Greece in its relationship with Egypt. Are Greece and Egypt, you know, setting an example to other Mediterranean countries, to quote Foreign Minister Dendias from his meetings last week in Cairo? Greek-Egyptian relations have been forged over the past decade and without are always agreeing on everything, but certainly on most things. 
we are constantly expanding the prospects for this collaboration. And yes, it could set an example, a model for similar understanding on a regional level. It takes good faith, constant communication, sincerity, and the shared outlook that problems or pending issues are solved through dialogue and wherever necessary, functional and viable compromise. As was the case with the 2020 Agreement on Delimitation of the Exclusive Economic Zone. Of course, good faith alone won't suffice. There have to be mutually acceptable rules and respect for international law, and in this case, the law of the sea, and the more general acceptance that the relations cannot be defined transactionally, but through a specific framework. In a related development, you know, over the weekend, Athens announced that it was expanding the area of seismic surveys for oil and natural gas deposits in this area, you know, south and southwest of Crete, a project that's also underway with the U.S. oil firm ExxonMobil. Why is this an important development and, you know, what messages does it send? It is important, Thanos, because on the one hand, it sends a message regarding the Greek side's resolve and will to exhaust the possibilities for extracting hydrocarbons under Greek territory, even if this is delayed for a number of years, given that the 20 maritime fields within Greek territory were defined in 2014. So today, rather than launching seismic service southwest and south of Crete or exploratory drilling in the Ioannina area, we could have started extracting hydrocarbons, but better late than never, I would say. And the second message is a vote of confidence from ExxonMobil, an energy colossus whose interest could attract other companies. And in the shadow of the war in Ukraine, which changed the energy game and put an end to any delusions regarding the importance of energy interdependence between Europe and Russia, it is important right now for a member of the EU to accelerate the process for potentially becoming not just a transit center for various forms of energy like natural gas and renewables to Europe, but potentially even a hub for sale of its own natural gas on the European market. And in um, an uncertain environment, it is critical to the European Union for two of its members, namely Greece and Cyprus, to gain a position that contributes to Europe's security of supply as the latter comes in for stiff competition from China and India and domestic European sources come out on the losing side. You mentioned that this was a vote of confidence in Greece. Do you see this attracting the interest of other U.S. companies as well? And, you know, what does this mean for Washington's interests in the Eastern Mediterranean? There are two levels of analysis to answer your question. One has to do with companies' interest in the region in question. And more generally, I would say, in Greece's potential with reports of Chevron's willingness to get involved. And Chevron has a presence in the Eastern Mediterranean, so it's aware of the situation. And there is also Shell, which is active in Africa and Albania. The second level concerns the U.S.'s approach to regional developments, not just with regard to energy, but security uh, issues in general. And Greece is a trusted party. Its intentions and interests aren't questioned, which means it is considered one of the key players in the Mediterranean and the energy game with the effort to break from dependence on Russian natural gas. And to be a little provocative, whom would you trust to transport hydrocarbons if you were European? Which country is oriented towards European needs and doesn't play games or weaponize a product, whether that's natural gas or renewables? Which country or set 
of uh, countries can you depend on to give you peace of mind? The answer to me is obvious. Kostadina, you know, Turkey slammed the latest Greece-Egypt deal. Is Athens anticipating any additional moves from Turkey in response to both that pact and this latest decision to expand its survey south of Crete in an area that we all know Turkey has been claiming as part of its blue homeland? If Turkey, Thanos, does react, it will do so through Libya. It has managed to install a puppet government in Tripoli, which exceeds its mandate. Its mandate, by the way, is solely to declare elections and ensure they are carried out smoothly. And it is exceeding its mandate by signing agreements that are binding for the country. This, as you know, has been harshly criticized by the United States, the European Union and countries like Egypt. So Turkey needs to realize that the Blue Homeland Doctrine cannot be consolidated or sealed only through an illegal agreement like the one it concluded with the government in Tripoli. And there is no other country in or outside the region that could support this absurdity. However, because Turkey persists in its revisionism, it may use Greece's moves in the energy sector and its recent agreement with Egypt as a pretext for illegal moves in the framework of the Turkey-Libya agreement. And if I understand correctly, the United States has told Turkey to desist from moves in the Aegean and the Mediterranean that would bring a reaction from Greece. So if Turkey doesn't manage to carry out seismic service or exploratory drilling south of Crete, then it may ask Tripoli to make a demarche regarding the expansion of seismic service by Greece, even though this fully respect the midline as Greece agreed with Libya in a previous round of negotiations back in 2010. At the end of the day, Tripoli's reaction or failure to react will show the effectiveness of the U.S.'s intervention towards both Turkey and Libya. Professor Filis, it's been great speaking with you again. Thanks for joining us. Once again, it was a pleasure. Thank you. In other news, the head of the U.S.-backed Syrian Democratic Forces, Maslum Kobani, said on Tuesday he still feared a Turkish ground invasion despite U.S. assurances and has demanded a stronger message from Washington after seeing unprecedented Turkish deployments along the border. Turkish officials said the army needed just days to be ready for a ground incursion into northern Syria, which they have been attacking with long-range weapons and warplanes for days. Maslum Kobani told a news conference via Zoom that Turkey was gathering forces around the Kurdish-controlled towns of Manbij and Kobani, and that Turkish-backed Sunni opposition fighters were building up between Manbij and Tel Rifat. Finally, U.S. officials have stepped in to try to persuade Poland and other EU countries to agree on a plan to hit Vladimir Putin's war fund by capping the price paid for Russian oil. As time runs out ahead of a Monday deadline for implementing the G7 price cap plan, Poland, Estonia, and Lithuania have been pushing within the EU for a more severe limit, at a lower price, EU diplomats said. The disagreement among EU countries has delayed progress on the measure, which is designed to cut the revenues Putin rakes in from sales of oil overseas. The European Commission this week proposed a cap of no more than $62 per barrel of Russian crude, down from its original suggestion of a cap between $65 and $70. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.